Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And let's check in with Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Good afternoon, Kevin. Dylan, good afternoon. Kevin Were there like more questions, hmm. Kevin, that came out of that game on Saturday after Mississippi State than uh, <laughs> maybe going into that game? Because it sure seemed like it was starting all over again, the way I kind of felt like watching the game on Saturday. Well, I thought Arkansas came out not the aggressor, which is surprising. You won five consecutive league games. You had your best performance of the year, and it was on the road at Kentucky just in your previous game. And I thought Mississippi State took the fight to Arkansas. I really did. That's a poor offensive team, yet Mississippi State was able to execute. I thought Arkansas had breakdowns on inbounds plays, busted assignments on when to blitz the ball handler, different things where Arkansas was just a step slow. I thought Mississippi State's guards did a really good job playing off those curl cuts off the two-man game and getting behind Arkansas's defenders. And we've seen Arkansas's bigger guards, even Devo Davis sometimes struggle with smaller guards that are quick, quick twitch and have those stop-and-go moves once they get downhill. Uh, then you just saw their guards playing off the big men. Talu Smith, who's an all-league big man, uh, you know, had a good game, close to a double-double, not quite, but uh, they were balanced scoring, and that was just on offense on a team that wasn't very good. This was the top five-rated defense coming into that game, and only Anthony Black was able to have a good game offensively. In fact, he stuffed the stat sheet, 23 points, 8 of 13 from the field, made 2 of 5 from 3, uh, made most of his free throws. I think he was 5 of 6, but he had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. But if you subtract him out of the equation, Arkansas's other guards have been reliable for the most part, especially during this winning streak. Devo Davis and Ricky Council, they combined for 3-17. of I thought you saw some of the same problems Arkansas had earlier in the year where they don't move the ball well enough. They get late in shot clock, and they start taking off-balance shots, including three-pointers. They shot 18 threes in this game, made only four. That's that's a high number for Arkansas. They need to be closer to 10. You know, really don't want to go more than 14 or 15 the way Arkansas struggles to shoot the ball. Uh, and then I thought just, you know, you could really tell the difference with that, with Mississippi State's defense when Council or Devo try to drive. A lot of off-balance, hands in their face. They, they really couldn't get to good angles to finish. Uh, so I thought there were problems on both sides of the ball for Arkansas. Give Mississippi State some credit. But I thought the Bulldogs looked like the sharper team from the beginning. I thought Arkansas was a little lethargic at times and missing assignments again, just not locked in. And then you get down by 16, and now it's an uphill climb. I'll give Arkansas credit for pulling within three late. And then Mississippi State in the last minute, 13, executes two of three from the field, six of six at the line, and it was good night. Arkansas loses by six. You know, Arkansas scored, what, 81 the last time they played Texas A&M, and isn't Texas A&M's defense about as close to Mississippi State as anybody else in the league? Yeah, no, but not really. But, but, but they're a great offensive rebounding team, A&M, and Arkansas has played multiple of those lately. Um, but the other thing is A&M's really good at what Arkansas was last year, getting in the free throw line, number one in the country, and makes per game at 19, 
second in takes, almost 26 attempts per game, and then they make nearly 75%. So they're top, you know, top 60 or 70 in the country in the in the in the accuracy. Not I was, defense I was thinking, is not really. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. That, that's what I was thinking was more defensively, not offensively. But yeah, go ahead. Well, defensively, they're not as strong as Mississippi State, but because they rebounded. I mean, last game they were they they were plus eleven the last time they played Arkansas uh, on the offensive glass, and they got up twenty more shots. So if you're if you're constantly getting regaining possession of the ball, even though Arkansas did a good job defending the rim and had thirteen blocks, uh, if you're constantly regaining possession of the ball, that's a pretty good defense. It's playing keep away from the other team and it limits possessions. And again, the Aggies took. 76 shots in that last game. Arkansas took 56. Arkansas shot 50% from the field, though, and they they held the A&M down below 35%. So A&M's really probably a little bit better offensive team. They're not as their defense is not as good, not not in the same realm as Mississippi State. Kevin, when you compare games, and I, I think part of what I think Mississippi State does best. They just make a game look ugly. I didn't feel the game looked that ugly against A&M. Uh, in fact, that was one of the games. I guess it was um, one of the Mitchell twins had seven blocks, if I remember yeah, correctly, in that game. Go. So, yeah, doing a great job defending inside. But there's just something about Mississippi State uh, they just seem to have Arkansas's number. Doesn't matter what year I was teasing a minute ago with, with Trey, Trey Biddy, saying you need to put somebody as an investigative reporter and figure out why Mississippi State is is just dominant. In the last 11 meetings, last 12 meetings, whatever it is, uh, they, they hold a sizable lead. So, I mean, what is it? Is it about the matchup? Is it about the style of play? Um what is it? I, well, I realized last year against New Mexico in the NCAA tournament, that was a low-scoring affair. And the same coach that was at Miss, uh, New Mexico is now at, at Mississippi State. So he brought that same style, at least that same template, against Arkansas. But I don't, I don't feel that same way against A&M. It's like A&M will get into a flow of things. It just did not feel like there was a flow at all the other day. Um, against Mississippi State by the Arkansas Razorbacks. Well, if, if you look at that, it is a new coach, first-year coach. Last year, Arkansas beats New Mexico State by five points, 53-48. to 48. Going into this game, if you'd have told me that Arkansas would have shot 10 more free throws than Mississippi State and the score was 70-64, to 64, I would have thought Arkansas scratched out another close win, but the score is a little higher because Arkansas was playing at home because Mississippi State's defense is so good and it holds teams in the 50s. So I would have thought with that kind of score and with that difference at the free throw line, but that's the only place Arkansas had an advantage. Everything else was advantage Mississippi State. Um, and, and they shot well. They, this was a team that you know shot over 50% in the first half, finished over 47%. It was a team shooting in the high 20s from three, shoot 60%, 6 of 10. Um, and, you know, it's... It, it, when you look at all of that, plus the dominance in the paint, points off turnovers, second chance points, it all added up. And, you know, Arkansas loses. You know, again, if you'd have told me going in, it, the school, final score was 70-64 and Arkansas shot 10 more free throws, I would have guessed Arkansas won that game. But 
that's why statistics are liars sometimes. Sometimes you get to watch what you see. And that was really, you know, I give Mississippi State credit for the game plan. I thought they did a good job defensively of blitzing Arkansas's ball handlers higher on the floor to get the ball out of their hands so they couldn't easily get into their drives. We know Anthony Black likes to drive. We know Ricky Council likes to drive. We know Devo Davis likes to drive when he's not shooting 26-foot three-pointers. And they kind of, they initially jumped Arkansas's ball handlers, forcing them to throw the ball to a Mitchell twin who had to move away further from the paint to get those, catch those passes. And now your clock's just running down. And I think that's why we saw Arkansas take so many off-balance bad shots or too many threes again. So credit the game plan, but I also thought Arkansas, you know, by the time Arkansas figured things out, had a better second half. Once you're down 16, uh, you know, it's tough against a quality team in Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a quality team. Where do you see Arkansas now in regards to seeding uh, for the NCAA tournament? What where do you see them, Kevin? Eight, nine, ten? Yeah, right now, if the season ended today, I think Arkansas is in the nine, probably a nine. I think A&M's projected to, as of today around ten. They're very similar. They're both on the right, correct side of the bubble right now. They're not really, they're not really on the bubble. They're just just outside of it on the, in a good way. But one of these teams, after losing tomorrow night, is probably right back on the bubble. The good news for Arkansas, this is very interesting. If Arkansas wins this game, it's a quad one win on the road. It'll be their third quad one of the, win of the season, all three being away from home, which I think adds a little more value to the resume. However, if A&M wins, A&M right now is 34th in net ranking. If there's enough of a move up to get in the top 30, Arkansas picks up a quad win by virtue of A&M being ranked in the top 30 in net because home wins against teams ranked in the top 30 equal a quad one win. Right now that win back on January 31st stands as a quad two win. So Arkansas win or lose, may end up with a quad one win coming out of this game tomorrow night, which will help the resume. So I don't think, even if Arkansas loses, it's going to hurt that much. But because both teams are so close to being on the bubble, uh, there's a smaller margin of error. So even though Arkansas, even if it loses, may not not see a bubble burst with only five games to go, it just makes the work a lot harder. uh, But Arkansas will have two home games coming back, Florida this weekend. Uh, well, there'll be some visitors coming in to see that. And then you've got Georgia in the mid-week, midweek game next week. Arkansas needs to take care of home court. Uh, and then you're back on the road. It's Alabama and Tennessee before you get Kentucky in that final game. So there's at least three more quad one-win opportunities when you look at the road games. None of the home games are. But, again, if A&M moves into that top 30, that home win over the Aggies back on January 31st will, will end up being a quad one result for Arkansas. Wouldn't it be better to beat them down there, and then you get a quad one from winning down there? That, that That's a better deal than having them beat Arkansas, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's why I mentioned that first. If Arkansas <laughs> yeah, wins, that's, that's the first thing I said. Yeah. That's a quad one win, and there's a little more value because it'll be their third away from home. Right. I was just saying, but on the flip yeah. side of that, worst-case scenario, you lose, and that's, you may end up picking up a quad one win because of the result in Fayetteville. But you would much rather have the win – uh, at A&M and, and, and sweep that team and then hope A&M does well enough to be a top 30 team and you get two quad one wins out of sweeping them. That, obviously, you want to win that game. Absolutely, Rick. yeah. Well, it is getting yeah, down. Lose you guys? No, 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 I'm just, no. I'm just uh, 
going Randy back was to what you just the got there talking about. I'm just yeah. looking at this. Yeah, because music's uh, about to play. End run of the schedule. And, uh, boy, you get A&M, as you said, Florida, Georgia. Georgia with a nice win the other day at home over Kentucky. At Alabama, at Tennessee, Kentucky, finishing up back at home in Bud Walton Arena. So, yeah. If you're not peaking right now, if you're not if you're not playing your best basketball, whew, it can be a rough stretch to end this regular season. All right, that is Kevin McPherson here, known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Again, Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Well, the big question continues to be, Kevin, how do you continue to incorporate Nick Smith Jr. into this Arkansas lineup? Played 17 minutes, but it sure seemed like, again, that uh, all the players, Black and Devo Davis, Ricky Council in particular, they still got their minutes, though. Yeah, and I think Nick Smith Jr., the, the best thing for Arkansas is to have an escalation in his role in minutes. We actually saw – he didn't shoot the ball well, but we actually saw him struggle less than I, – I mentioned in the prior segment, Council and Davis really struggling to just get clean looks and good looks at shots. And Nick, in the few times he created shots, even though he didn't knock them down, he was able to wiggle free and actually get a clean look. He just didn't knock him down. A couple of them were close to sticking but didn't. Um, the other thing I thought, I thought his quickness on defense and sitting down on some of his uh, – defensively on some of the guards, that's where Arkansas struggles with quicker guards. I thought he did some good things defensively. He also had some assignment bust. That was across the board for Arkansas in this game. It's very uncharacteristic for as many as I saw. He was included in that, so he had some mistakes there. I thought his ball handling and transition was good. Um, so I, th- I saw a lot of positives. His energy was on another level, I thought. And now he was a box score plus three in his time, too. Sometimes that can be misleading, but I actually thought he was he helped Arkansas have a better flow offensively in that second half. And they were Arkansas shot the ball well. Only 12 made field goals, but they only took, they took 22, so they were over 50%. And that was when he played the majority of his minutes, so. I think he, him being on the floor, spaces it a little bit better, just like a Nick's, excuse me, just like a Just Opinion. Uh, and there were times he was open on the wings and in the corners, and Arkansas didn't make that extra pass. They play, played on half the court too much. When you're playing a top five ranked team on defense with length and quickness, you've got to make them work. And the best way to do that is to move the ball side to side. And Arkansas got too, too stuck on playing on one side of the court. And I think. Had the ball moved better, he, he would have gotten more open looks. And maybe a couple of other hogs would have benefited by cutting um, and, and the driving lanes would have been a little bit cleaner for others. So I think all of that's probably being addressed. Uh, again, A&M on the road, this is going to be a team you talk about mucking things up. If you're getting a bunch of offensive rebounds, it keeps Arkansas from 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 getting out You know, in transition. It, it lowers the possession, and the game can get ugly that way for you, even though it's not technically as good a defensive team as Mississippi State, but I think a Nick Smith Jr. for all that he brings to the table, no matter what the matchup style matchup is or the style of play, he just helps Arkansas. Now, he's got to get in the flow. He's got to get where he's consistently knocking down his shots, um, and, and, and these are things that he you know didn't obviously do in his 
you know, in his 17 minutes, he was two of seven from the field, which included one of four from three. He also missed the front end of a one and one uh, in the first half. Do you think that was just a off night shooting? Now, granted, Devell's had his good and he's had his bad moments shooting the basketball, but Ricky Council, bless his heart, if he hadn't scored from the free throw line, I think he got a layup late uh, in the second half for his first basket. But do you think that was just an off night shooting by Council and Devo Davis, or do you think that was more of a result of maybe the defense that uh, was being thrown at Devo and, and Council by Mississippi State? It was both. Mississippi State makes it harder. You, you, you get They take you out of your comfort zone, and so you have to be patient. And we saw Devo reverting to taking wild off-balance shots when he drove east and west through the lane and throws up a left-handed hook. Some of his three-point shots were off-balance. Where he was starting to get better shooting from three, he was more settled, getting his feet set, square. It was a good shot. And he rushed some of them. Same with Ricky Council. They got, I thought they got a little bit antsy and, and didn't, didn't find their spots. They forced a lot. So I think it was both what Mississippi State was doing and then how they chose to handle it. So I think both of them struggled mightily. And, you know, you mentioned Ricky Council got that reverse dunk late in the game and it helped Arkansas get within five. Devo hit a three in, the, in one of Arkansas's runs. That was his first basket. That was in the second half. Uh, and then he got a transition layup with about a minute 20 left that pulled Arkansas as close as it would get within three, 60 to 57. So Arkansas needs these guys to perform. You certainly don't want their first baskets coming in that late in, the, in games and you, know, you hope they bounce back and play more like they did during that winning streak, and you hope that that was just an off night. It's tough to watch a type of game Arkansas played on Saturday. So saying that, Kevin, what kind of pace, what kind of game are you expecting against A&M, similar to what we saw in Fayetteville? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas, that was a high-scoring game. That's the one thing about A&M because they, they grind. You know, they're a team that's looking to just attack the glass, get to the free throw line, extend their own possessions by hitting that offensive glass. And so they try to keep – that's a good way to play keep away and play defense with your offense. That 81-70 result was a pretty high-scoring affair for Arkansas given the way that A&M likes to play. So we'll see if A&M's able to control play, pace. They probably will. Uh, we'll see what Arkansas is able to do to keep them off that offensive glass. They didn't last time, but Arkansas had 13 blocks. You mentioned Mikel seven. His twin, Mackay, had three. Ar- Ricky Council had a block. I think Jordan was. So Arkansas had, you know, 13 in that game to help offset some of those issues and them from getting offensive rebounds and getting second chances. Arkansas did a good job in rim protection. We'll see if the whistles blow more since A&M's playing at home, and that could be a problem for Arkansas we know this team can have issues with fouling on top of, you know, turnover issues, which they had the first time around with, with A&M as well. What a mixed bag. I mean, it's just, it's it's very difficult to, uh, to put your finger on all the moving parts, it sounds like, right now that's going on with this Arkansas team. All right, so we talked about earlier, Kevin, about the 17 minutes that Nick played but yet black got his devo council got theirs where does the minutes come going forward who do, who do you see uh the minutes diminishing 
going forward, or is this always going to be about matchups with Coach Musselman? It's going to be both. I think with your three guards, that have, uh, when you look at Black, Devo, and Council, they're the three minute leaders in the SEC. Right. So just shaving a little bit off each of those guys. Sometimes those guys are in foul trouble too and have to sit a little bit. So there's going to be different things that play into how you disperse minutes. Some of the front line options, Jordan Walsh is that 3-4 combo, the Mitchell twins. You know, what is Graham, how is Graham playing on any given night? He can, you know, he's a guy that can show up and play one or two minutes because he's, he's not giving you much and he's exposed quickly, or he might help you on the offensive end and get a few more minutes. But I think everything's in flux based on matchups, how games are playing out. But with all the heavy minutes Arkansas's top three guards have been getting, I see some of that coming down a little bit. Look, Anthony Black's a guy you hate to ever take off the floor. I think he's played, he's put on an all-league body of work with five, six games left. I see him as a first-team All-SEC player, uh, so it's hard to take him off. But I, everybody else, I think it's up for grabs. Uh, and then Nick Smith Jr., you want to get him as many minutes as you can. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you later on in the week. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net.